to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast with your host, Brian Briscoe. In this podcast, we bring some of the top professionals in the apartment investing field to discuss various aspects of the apartment investing journey with the sole purpose of educating listeners to make wise investment decisions. The Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast is sponsored by Four Oaks Capital, bringing you high yield returns through apartment complex investing. This is journal entry number 59 and part of our multifamily brief series. Uh, Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about what a passive investor should ask a deal sponsor before investing money into a deal. Now, we recently closed on an apartment community about a month ago, and so I've had dozens of calls with investors and potential investors in the last few months. So I've heard and answered numerous questions of this sort. So today, I think I'd, I'd talk about some of the things that I think are most important for an investor to ask prior to investing. By the way, if you're interested in investing in apartments, we can definitely set up a call and go through all of your specific questions. So here we go. You know, question number one, the first thing you should ask is a question to yourself. You know, and that that is simply what are your investment goals? Okay. When you talk about your investment goals, think about the end state first, you know, and then think about how to get there. You know, like Stephen Covey says in his seven habits book, begin with the end in mind. You know, what is your overall reason for investing? You know, what do you want to get from your investments? Okay, do you want to retire at age 65 and enjoy your golden years in comfort? Or are you looking to do more sooner? Now, once you've determined that, you can also look at your timeline and where you're starting from, your current position. Now, depending on your goal and where you're at right now, you may have substantially different investment philosophies than the person next to you. Now, finally, ask yourself about risk tolerance. And we're going to talk a little bit about risk tolerance today, but uh, I'll I'll save a lot of that for the next episode. Um, But just just remember, there are some risks involved in apartment investing. Now, I'd say the average 30 to 50-year-old is looking to increase their net worth and reinvest most of their proceeds into something, into a future deal. If that's the case, the total return on investment is likely the most important metric that you're going to be looking for. And that's look and best way to measure that one is the internal rate of return. Now, also, if you're trying to quickly grow your net worth, time frame is important as well. A lot of investors who are trying to, to just increase their bottom line are going to look for shorter investment periods so they can get their capital back and get their capital working elsewhere. Now, others are looking to create passive income streams to use now. Now, in that case, a cash-on-cash return number is probably the most important thing to look at, and the whole times can be longer. Now, you're maybe looking at 8, 10, or even 12-year deals. Next week, we'll dive a little bit deeper into this topic, You know how to develop your investing strategy. Now, once you have a good idea of your strategy, let's look at the deal sponsor. You know, when we do syndications, the sponsor is the person who essentially puts the deal together and is primarily responsible for the execution of the business plan. Now, for, for the larger deals especially, you can have several people who are involved in the general partnership or, or the people who are, who are putting the deal together, getting it across the finish line. But like I said, the primary sponsor is the one who is ultimately responsible for the investment. So there's many questions that you should ask, but before you do, you know, ask yourself whether or not you feel that you know, like, and trust them. Do you feel comfortable asking them questions? In my opinion, this is the most important thing is is whether you trust the deal sponsor. Now, we all have limited funds to invest, and we want to make sure that our money is safe and earning more money. 
and the sponsor is the single most important part of this equation. Personally, there are sponsors that I would invest with very few questions. There are others that I'd never invest with, no matter how rosy a picture they painted in their pitch deck. Quite frankly, a lot of the questions below are designed to arrive at a level of trust that'll make you comfortable investing with a sponsor. So speaking of the sponsor specifically, here are some suggested topics to discuss. All right. Number one, what is their investment philosophy? All right. And you really want to ask this question to make sure it, it aligns with your investment philosophy. Are they looking to maximize overall returns or create cash flow? Or is it something in between? And once again, this question, you need to make sure it aligns with what your investment strategy is. Now, the next thing you should ask is what is their experience, you know, as a team and individually? You may have no like and trust built with somebody in a different capacity, but do you trust them with commercial real estate? Is there enough experience on the team that you can trust them to deliver the results that they're promising? Now, another question that's worth asking is, are they investing their own money into the deal? Now, this is an important question and one that banks also ask before giving loans. To reduce risk of default, most banks want to see the sponsors have some skin in the game, and so should you. If the sponsors don't perform well, their money should also be at risk alongside yours. That Those are the main questions I have on sponsors. You could go deeper, but the the purpose of asking questions, once again, is to get to know them, to like them, and to trust them. Now, let's talk, talk about some of the questions about the deal itself. You know, So one question I think you should ask, and this, this is where the risk comes into play, is how much of the returns are dependent on the market conditions continuing to improve? You know, personally, I think this is a very important question because it's really easy to inflate the projected returns by assuming economic rainbows and unicorns in the future. You know, if there's a refinance built in, for example, what's the property value and interest rate that they used in the refinance calculations? How do they arrive at these numbers? You know, for example, interest rates are at historic lows right now. We can't assume that the interest rates are going to continue to be at historic lows for the next two to three years. So if the refinance built into the equation is three years from now, and they're using a 3.2 or 3.4% interest rate, that should be a little bit suspect. You know, that's risky to assume that interest rates are going to remain low for that long. Now, the other thing you want to look at is their projected value of the property at the refinance. You know, this value should not be inflated or depend on market rents going way up or cap rates going way down. And if you're not familiar with cap rates, you know, if a cap rate goes down, the price of a property goes up. They're inversely proportional. If a cap rate goes up, the price of the property goes down. And cap rates typically follow interest rates. Uh, if you want to know more, I have a whole episode or two dedicated to, to cap rates and how cap rates affect value. Now, another question you should ask is, what factor are they using for annual rent growth? You know, this is a very important thing you know, in real estate in general and in your returns is there is the expectation that with inflationary pressures and supply and demand imbalances in some areas, that rents will continue to go up. But the question is, how fast will these rents go up? If a particular deal hinges on 5 to 10% annual rent growth, that's a very risky position. Some markets have experienced this type of rent growth in the past, but that's no guarantee that this type of growth will continue in the future. Sponsors should be able to justify their annual rent growth numbers if it's anything higher than a typical inflation rate. 
Now, we tend to use 0 to 2% in our rent projections because that's what inflation by itself should do to the numbers. Now, in a COVID environment, for the first year or two, we are typically using a 0% rent escalator, or we are assuming that the market, market rents will not go up in the first year. Now, next question I think you should ask about, you know, how, and once again, we're looking at how much of the returns are dependent on market conditions. What is the sale price they are looking at? You know, how do they arrive at the sale price? Continuing from the previous trend, if the business planning includes holding an asset for five years, there should be some growth due to inflation. But like interest rates, cap rates are also historic lows and who knows what's going to happen to them. If cap rates go down further, property values go up. So is the sponsor basing returns on further cap rate compression? Or in layman's terms, is the sponsor assuming that property values are going to continue to increase above the level of inflation? If so, they should be able to justify why they're projecting these numbers. Now, at Four Oaks, we tend to use higher cap rates at sale than we are experiencing right now just to be a conservative. Okay, we're assuming that potentially the cap rates will go up. It's a more conservative position. We will have a lower value of a potential sale price, which tends to make our numbers look not quite as rosy, but you know they're much more achievable. Now, if cap rates end up going down further, and some people think they will, everyone in the deal is going to win. All right, next question is about the business plan. You know, you should ask questions about how are they going to achieve the returns? And this is based on other things now. You know, this is this is based on executing the business plan and not based on market conditions continuing to go up. You know, for example, if this is a value-add project, you know, what is their timeline for competing, completing the repairs and renovations? Also, what is their budget for completing the repairs and renovations? And furthermore, are they fully capitalized? Do they have all this money raised? Or do they intend on having all this money raised first? Now, the next thing you should add is what comps are they using? And a comp is just you know short for comparative properties. All right. When you're looking at potential rents to charge, you look at the apartments to the left and to the right, and you compare condition, you compare square footage, you compare everything to do with the apartments, and that helps you to arrive at a potential rent price that you could get post-renovation. So what are they using for comps? Are they close to the property in question? Are they similar in condition? Are the amenities comparable? Are they the same asset class? Okay, make sure the comps they are using for their projected rent increases after renovation match the condition the property should be in at the close of the renovation. Now, next question, a lot of, a lot of sponsors will look at the expenses and they'll want to cut expenses and streamline operations. You know, one question is, you know, why do they think they can do that? You know, have they done it before? You know, for example, you know, we know that in South Carolina, because we have six properties in South Carolina, the average water bill per month is about $35 for a two-bedroom apartment. Now, if we come into a new property like we did on the one we just closed, and we're seeing the average water bill being a triple-digit digit figure, there's definitely some potential to cut water bills in that particular property. And guess what? We have also done it before. Now, last question, and I think this is also one of the most important questions you can ask. Now, all the questions are important, but once again, we're, we're trying to get to the point to where we know, like, and trust the sponsors. But this is also a an important question just, just to ask for, for your knowledge sake. How are the sponsors compensated versus how you're compensated as an investor? 
you know, as in early, earlier questions, the interests of the sponsors should align with the interests of the partners or limited investors. You know, so does this compensation plan align with your interests? Now, I could get a lot more detailed on this, but this is meant to be a brief discussion with a target of 10 minutes. And guess what? I'm already at that mark. So now I'm just going to wrap everything up by saying the number one most important thing in investing is whether or not the opportunity aligns with your investment goals and strategy. Now, once that's been determined, the next most important thing is whether or not you trust the sponsor to deliver the projected result. Every other question about the, the sponsors themselves or about the deal themselves the deal is designed to determine whether or not the sponsor is conservative in their projections and not taking unnecessary risks, which should help you to trust that particular sponsor. Now, that's it for today. Stay tuned as we will release a new Ask the Expert episode on Friday featuring Abel Pacheco and Lee Yoder. Now, since tomorrow is Thursday, we'll also bring another episode to the forefront. So, you know, check your, your favorite podcast app to see which, which episode we brought back for Throwback Thursday. And that's it for the show today. Have a nice day. Hey, everybody. Before we go today, I just wanted to bring your attention to a free ebook that we have on our website available to everybody. The website is fouroakscapital.com. And what this free ebook is, is it's a comparison between investing in multifamily and investing in the stock market. You know, it shows you actual returns had you put $100,000 into the stock market 20 years ago compared to the typical multifamily syndication investment. And, you know, I'm not going to give away the, the punchline here, but you're going to be surprised at the results. Uh, ever wonder how to explain this to other people who are on the fence on investing or if you're on the fence on investing yourself? Okay, this is the, the perfect ebook for you. It should be right at the top when you go to the website. You know, it download it. It's free. Look it over. Share it with your friends. Anyway, that's it for today. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, tap subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week. 